Oh yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and uh, screaming. Think it'll scare the kids? The kids? This will be the parents' nightmares. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. This is the second episode of the inaugural Jurassic June, a whole month of this podcast dedicated to the cinematic treasure, the Jurassic Park franchise. Today, I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast, graphic designer, filmmaker, and my friend, Alec Gibson. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you doing? I am doing great. We're about to talk about Jurassic Park, and I'm just always, it just excites me to talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs> you, you, were, you were getting geeked out when, uh, when we talked Godzilla, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know so, so now that we're, you know, now that we're here, it's, you know, it's about time. <laughs> it's about time, exactly. The first question has to be, what's your favorite dinosaur? You know, I got, I got to go T-Rex. I, you know, because again, it's, it's the closest to Godzilla and it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was always, uh, I always was drawn towards the cooler looking dinosaurs. So the T-Rex being mm-hmm. you know, one of them. I completely get that. Godzilla's supposed to be kind of a T-Rex in certain movies, right? Like they hint that he used to be a T-Rex. In Versus Ghidorah, he was, he was a Godzillasaurus. He was like, okay, made up, you know. Uh, dinosaur that then got radiated did he kind of look like a t-rex because i i think i'm thinking of that and yeah it looked just... like the old t- it looked like the old t-rex from uh the Viewmasters. remember those oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it looked like t-rex from the old Viewmasters. <laughs> <laughs> i knew we were gonna get into some nostalgia talking about jurassic park but i didn't think it was gonna hit that hard right away <laughs> <laughs> Viewmaster. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, talk about uh, nostalgia goggles. <laughs> and you, 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 yeah, literally, figuratively, yeah. You know the, you know, and you know the image I'm talking about too. Everyone oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm very happy that you picked the T-Rex one because it's a mutual favorite. The T-Rex is also my favorite dinosaur, and we are two for two. Last week's episode, uh, Jason, my guest for that one, he picked the T-Rex. All right, cool. <laughs> so, so I'm very, very happy. So we're getting that, that Rexy is like two for two. If we could go five for five, oh yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Although I think the Raptors are going to take one. You know, I yeah. Well, they're they're taking more of the um in the newer movies. They're taking more of the spotlight. You know the, the yes. Yeah. You know because because yeah in the, in the original they 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 were there the T Rex but. You know, I think for everyone, when you when you think of Jurassic Park, you think of that logo, you think of the T-Rex skeleton. Yeah. So so for a lot of people, that's kind of their their first, you know, it isn't the Stegosaurus. It isn't the yeah. No, everyone thinks of the T-Rex when they think of Jurassic Park because it's that that end scene. It's that, you know, it's it's that big cinematic moment. And I think you're absolutely right, because the T-Rex is the star. Right. But I think I think a lot I think that that the velociraptors would take that second place well you know what's um funny, that or the brachiosaurus i was gonna say the t-rex really isn't the star though he's more of the jaws in the in the first movie right that he, depends what do you mean by that so so 
it's kind of this like the t-rex is kind of in in my opinion is kind of like this omnipresent you know thing the way that the way the t-rex you know cage breaks down but you don't see it right away Mm -hmm. you know and then and then the you know it kind of comes out when you least expect it you know the 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 herd is is stampeding the whole thing you're wondering why and then the t-rex comes out and then it's gone you know and then it comes out the last minute you know the last uh few minutes of the movie you know it comes out to save the day right right that's so so it's more the raptors it's more the other dinosaurs that are kind of the stars of that movie in my opinion at least i i think i see what you're saying because like the brachiosaur gets the big wonder and awe moment and then they also get like the gentle pet the dinosaur yeah yeah i'm gonna little sneeze not humor also it can't be all blood and guts. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, the Brachiosaurs get some love. Mm-hmm. And then the Raptors, I always kind of just, I felt the Raptors take up the horror role. Yes, yeah. Because they are what makes Jurassic Park scary. Yes. Especially for kids. <laughs> yeah. Which oh, leads okay. me in, sorry. Anyway, I was going to say that one with the uh, uh, the the neck. Oh, the Dilophosaurus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gets Wayne Knight. <laughs> Oh, Newman. That one, yeah, scared the hell out of me. I, the Dilophosaurus is really, really interesting because that is like the least scientific accurate. Sure. Yeah, but come <laughs> on, it's still scary. Yeah, but I, um, I know there's an interview where Steven Spielberg admitted like, yeah, that one was a kind of for me. I wanted most of the dinosaurs to be as realistic as possible but then i wanted something like of my creation and i it's a movie i respect it yeah <laughs> you made something yeah. great yep because those anything with a hood is scary yeah it's the mysteriousness and like and it has like that rattle when it roars it, it's so cool the rattles, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> but i think we kind of answered this question already but with this being a horror podcast and this kind of like, well, I think everyone listening knows I'm pretty hard on this stance. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Is Jurassic Park horror? Yes. I put it, it's funny because I put it in my monster movie month. Mm-hmm. So I, so I don't know if I talked about this last, last time, but um, every October I do a monster movie month and I go and watch everything from, it's all the classics. Very few are actually newer, you know, or and if they are, they're kind of more tame, you know. I uh, chronic nightmares and all that jazz. So I go and watch like the original Dracula, the the you know the 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 Gary Oldman Dracula, and then I'll go and watch Jaws, and I'll go and watch Jurassic Park, and I'll go and watch uh, you know the Thing and the Invisible Man, both the original and the 2021 or 2019 one, uh, which was fantastic. Oh, uh, one of my favorite movies yeah, of recent yeah, we'll, years. We'll have to talk about something like that at some point. Um, For sure. Uh, the, yeah, and I go and I watch all these movies. Jurassic Park is one of them that, that has kind of, in recent years, has, has made it in. And it's partly because it's just a fun monster movie. At the yeah. end, at the heart of it, it's, it's not, quote unquote, scary. You know, in, in, you know, it has its scary elements, but it's not scary. But it's a monster movie just like Godzilla, just like, you know, just like, uh, you know, the Wolfman, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a monster. 
it it has its monsters. The, you were saying the Velociraptors being the the most probably the scariest part of that movie. But you get these you get these fun moments of you know like the T Rex the um the the cup of water. Yeah. Which do you know how that that was done by the way? <laughs> uh, you're testing my uh, Jurassic Park fan membership right now, aren't you? I am. It was uh. Um, the special effects guy, I'm going to butcher his name. I'm sorry. Michael Lantieri, I maybe. think. I, yeah. His name is. Uh, he, it was his job to kind of figure that out because Steven Spielberg said he was jamming to earth, wind and fire in the car one day. And then like his rear view mirror was like shaking. And then he had the idea for like the ripples yep. in the water. And the special effects guy couldn't figure it out. So one day he said he was fooling around. He put a glass of water on a guitar, oh. plucked, plucked a string and at a certain frequency got exactly what he was looking for. So he hooked up a guitar string somehow in that car. Uh-huh. It ran, plucked- <laughs> it ran, they, they took it apart and it, they ran it underneath the dashboard. Okay. And so they ran a bunch of guitar strings and they just plucked them <laughs> underneath the dashboard. And that is the story of why I decided to play guitar. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I play, I, I learned how to play guitar for other reasons, but, <laughs> but like, I, I remember cause when I'm, when I was little, I would watch, I would put in the DVD and I would watch the making of Jurassic park bonus features all the time. Yep. I watched them just as much as I did the actual movie. Yeah. Which yeah. that's a that is a this is a whole sidebar. Sure. I miss I miss long special features. I I miss like the making of. You know, yeah. now nowadays they're kind of like limited to these like, you know, six minute little shorts, you know, but but I, I remember like Hellboy. The mo- the, the, spe- the making of was longer than the than the movie, but the yeah. the, the it got me into wanting to make movies. It I learned how to make a movie through those and it's the same thing with Jurassic Park with you know with all those movies where they they had a you know a a 15-20 minute making of you know the process of making this movie right Jurassic Park you know it's 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 a it's a free lesson well you're not you're paying for the movie but but it's it's a lesson in how to make practical effects it's a peek behind the curtain so to speak yeah yeah it's it's you know it's one thing that I look forward to and I just I'm getting more and more disappointed (laughs) right but especially because uh, like this new film coming out is gonna have a lot of practical effects and a lot of C- cg and i'm interested to see how they marry those together i just listened to a um an interview with jeff goldblum and he was talking about how the director was adamant about making as many practical dinosaurs as possible because he was talking about like how the, the animatronics, they still hold up, you know, like, like if you watch yeah. Jurassic Park and, and, and this is kind of something, you know, to kind of get us back to the original Jurassic Park, that movie still holds up. Yeah. And it's 93, the, the, the CGI still holds up the, you know, the, the, the special effects still hold up the T, you know, everything still holds up because it just, it, and it doesn't look, it doesn't look dated at all. It's amazing. Something magical happens when you have that many geniuses on the same team because it's a stacked crew. Have you watched, have you watched uh, on Netflix? 
there is the um the making of um hold on i can i can pull it up here in a second um if it's on netflix probably not i don't think i've seen any making of netflix stuff oh my god there there is a there is a you would love it you would love it so if you've if you've never seen it um it's called the movies that made us and in season three they do halloween friday the 13th nightmare on elm street robocop aliens coming to america nightmare before christmas and elf but in season two they did back to the future pretty woman jurassic park and forest gump and it's a it's an hour-long making of documentary and it was just this what they the way they explain it is it's this ragtag group of just misfits they come in and they make it was essentially a guy who to prove everyone wrong made an animatronic of the t-rex walking and 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 it it put the poor uh because they really they were going to do uh claymation they were going to do that was right. how they were into it and it put the poor guy out of business because who but he ended up they ended up finding a nice balance where he came back and actually helped show them how a a dinosaur would move because he had been, he'd worked on in the business for forever you know um Worked i think i think that guy was uh phil tippett uh-huh. because he gets uh they credit him as like a dino supervisor dinosaur yeah. supervisor and every so often on twitter someone will go like you had one job phil the raptors were in the kitchen unsupervised yeah yeah <laughs> and it's it's all in good fun and yeah. he he i follow him on twitter he has a blast with it on one of the Jurassic Park, I think on the Blu-ray, yeah, on the dress and the making of for those Blu-rays, they said that um, because uh, Phil Tippett, he was like the stop motion, him and his crew, they're yeah. gonna do the stop motion, and then you know CGI kind of took over and revolutionized everything, but that was still like a new process, yeah. so they made like puppet rigs. Yeah. and an- animated some of the dinosaurs the old way but through the computer and i think yeah. that's such a brilliant way of using tried and true techniques with new um new technology like, i mean that's yeah, yeah. new it's, technology yeah and that's why and that's why that movie holds up you know and that's because because they I, i'm a firm believer and 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 i don't know why, you know what your thoughts are but i'm a firm believer of it's just not going to look right unless it's in camera if you can capture as practical as possible yeah manipulate it a little bit later but but it's going to look like a video game eventually whereas if you if you you do it right in camera it it still holds up you know it will hold up to the you know like uh uh jurassic park the princess bride you know those are perfect examples of do it in do it in practical yeah and and you know it works so and like, um, and I think there is a, and Jurassic Park's a perfect example of this. I think the new Star Wars movies are a really good example of this. You can marry the two seam, seamlessly. Now they have those combat light, lightsabers. Yeah. So the whole thing is, is now, now you're actually seeing the light on their face, which right. is amazing. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's awesome that they, they finally have those, you know, technology is finally caught up with Star Wars. <laughs> right. Right. And it's just you can you can have practical and CG. And if you do it right, you don't know which is which. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like now I could tell when that when it's a CG shot versus a uh, 
animatronic shot in the original Jurassic Park, but I've seen that film countless times. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seeing it countless times um, for over 25 years or however many years, like mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, figure out which shot is which eventually. Yeah. But in the latest in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom there, I'll admit there are shots where I'm like, I'm not sure how they pulled off that one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And that that movie, admittedly, I I don't think I saw that one. Admittedly, wow. I, I think it was <laughs> the podcast. No, I. Uh, you know, it, it was one of those. I saw the first one, and I forgot. Like something was just going. Like life was happening. Something happened. I missed. Yeah. It. And and nowadays, like if you miss a movie in theaters, it you know unless you unless you have the streaming or every streaming streaming service, you're never gonna find you know, the, the movie. Right. Um, Unless you want to pay like seven bucks to rent it. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and I, it, it, I, I miss, you know, we're going to talk nostalgia. I miss, you know, video stories for that reason. The, you know, the reality of it is, is something happened and I, and I want to see it because I want, I do want to see this new one. Primarily the draw being that the original cast is back. Right. You know, that the, that, that the, the, the big three from the original are back. You know, I want to see kind of what that dynamic is now, how they've grown as characters, you know, what the what the storyline is, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like and how those how those three characters come into play. You know, I'm, I'm really curious. So and and I think a lot of people would share in that sentiment, myself included, even though I will admit I'm a little concerned with it kind of being bloated. It seems yeah, like bit. there's going to be a lot in this movie but uh we'll we'll talk about what we think is going to happen in jurassic world dominion a bit later yeah but i do think like they are pushing at least in the marketing from what what i can tell that they're gonna try and do as much in camera as possible in this one and from the trailers it's like yeah there's a lot of cg but for the shots they want to get it's probably the safest option to <laughs> well yeah and, yeah it's like the whole, raptor, as much... the whole raptor chase you know i want i want to see those right i want to see that in camera <laughs> right it's like i'm a firm believer is get as much in camera as possible but safety safety first oh yeah if you can do it in cg and you know not risk any harm to anybody yeah. do it that way yeah or if it's you know if it's if it's like you say it's it's a bigger shot you know yeah. so there are yeah. some things practical cannot do right but you know if you marry your elements together you use a little bit of both right then um you get something that looks really good right and that is uh well that's that's just that's that's how we got jurassic park one and and with exactly honestly honestly, the first the first three lost world looks great yeah uh jurassic park three is interesting because that movie looks like it's shot on a soundstage the whole time. Like, I'm not sure they were ever actually outside, except for a handful of shots. Yeah. But yeah. the dinosaurs look great. Yeah. Spinosaurus, especially. The Spinosaurus, like, mm-hmm. coming up with this, essentially coming up with a new dinosaur. Yeah. It, it looks, it still, it still looks good. It, that, that Spinosaurus still terrifies me. 
like it, it like it was it was pretty scary for the time and you know of course we've you know it's funny because we had the spinosaurus and not, and then with these new ones it's like how do we go from there and you get like you know the indominus and you know right. all these you know all these things which to me the spinosaurus is still scary scared i think i it, if you want my honest opinion i think the spinosaurus would would take on the the indominus and and probably win with with no help from blue or anything <laughs> no right right yeah because they that's jurassic park three spinosaurus um that spinosaurus is interesting because in the first jurassic park i don't get the sense that the t-rex is hunting people or right. anything like that the t-rex right. is um rexy is just like a chaotic neutral right and just kind of she's doing what she wants and if you're in her way that's not her problem <laughs> yeah uh the rexes and lost world don't seem to actively be hunting anyone but they took their baby right and then you know like i don't think they're actively hunting the uh, the hunting party after that yeah. but like there's following the the scent of blood left on uh julianne moore character julianne moore's character um, her jacket. Yes. Yeah. So they're not acting out of malice. They're acting out of like uh, parental instinct. Mm -hmm. The Spinosaurus in Jurassic Park three is hunting those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Spinosaurus is a mean son of a bitch in Jurassic Park three. Oh yeah. And say what you will about the movie. It, 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 you know, that, I think that was the first time they kind of like, you could tell where they they watched that movie and then made was it the first the did they have the Indominus in, in Jurassic World uh, Jurassic World yeah yeah, so, yeah that's so, zone so, of the Indominus yeah so so you can tell like they they watched three and then made World <laughs> right how do we take it from here and then making the Indominus kind of intelligent enough to actively hunt everything yeah yeah how do you make a dinosaur scarier than like the Spinosaurus you make one up i guess <laughs> i know like i can't remember like how the spine i think the spinosaurus like they had found it they had found the bones yeah they essentially like they found the bones and then we're like great it's time for another movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know which which cracks me up you know but and, it, and i love like because I have no true of this, I have no clue if this is true or not. But this is kind of like my head canon of how it go, how it went down. Unfortunately, Michael Crichton passed away a few years ago, um, and before they started making the Jurassic World franchise, so the filmmakers didn't have anything to go off of for Michael Crichton's work. Mm -hmm. And I think with the Indominus and like genetic hybrid, like engineering and like the hybridization of dinosaurs essentially to me it's like well let's look up another sci-fi horror classic author mary shelley mm. and get some frankenstein vibes into our jurassic park and i'm like to me that's right. what the indominus rex is that's uh frankensaurus rex <laughs> right and well and it's funny because you can tell like they they took the with this whole uh you know, with this whole sequel, sequel trilogy, if you will, they mm -hmm. really took the whole, they, they took what was done in the books and then they said, okay, there's a couple of questions we want to ask. What happened 
if Hammond's work went out of, you know, got, got in the wrong hands, you know, was, was more mysterious, nefarious, mm-hmm. what would happen if uh, Hammond's park actually got up and running? And then what would happen if, you know, it, how do we take the, we're playing God and actually, a, a, you know, create dinosaurs, you know, and it's in it, and they said it, you know, it's one of those, you need new attractions. You need to keep people yeah. interested. And so you've got to play God. And, and what comes out of it is, you know, it, what, you know, again, it's, it's the trailer scene from Jeff Goldblum. They just keep getting bigger. Why do they always keep getting bigger? It's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> we haven't seen that dinosaur yet. The uh, Giganatosaurus. Yeah. Is that, is that what the, the, is that what they're calling it? Yeah. And that's like a real dinosaur too. Is it? Okay. Yeah, whether or not I pronounced it right <laughs> remains to be seen, because that's one of those dinosaur names I've never heard. I've only read. <laughs> so when the movie comes out, I'll know if I've been saying it right for the past couple of years. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> there's like a shot in the trailer of a practical of that dinosaur. Oh, and I'm right. like, that must have been really cool. And they're saying it's the largest one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing sure. pictures of it. I can't wait for the making of. Um, oh, opinion. Yeah, that one's going to be interesting. Back to the Jurassic Park 3 visual effects. I think the shining set piece for me of that film is the aviary because the pteranodons are just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And there's this beautiful shot. Um, and I think you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. I think it's Billy's getting attacked by a couple of pteranodons in the river and you see him kind of drifting away as he's being attacked and the camera rack focuses to a close up of a pteranodon looking like turning around and looking at, I think, William H. Macy. That is such a good shot. I forgot. I forgot William H. Macy was in that one. I, that's my that Jurassic Park three is my introduction to William H. Macy. So I can't, I can't see anything with William H. Macy without being like, oh, Jurassic Park (laughs) three. Yeah. No, that that Tarandon scene was, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's good. It's it's good. I I, I think they look great in that movie. Yeah. Well, and again, it's, it's because they were still marrying, you know, they, they, they had, they had nailed the special effects, Mm -hmm. you know, and they had, but, but at that time they were still, they were still marrying the two. They were still marrying the practical, you know, you go back to it. And that's why, that's why we're saying like it, that those movies still hold up visually because, yeah, you know, they managed to make it work both uh, uh, practically and, you know, uh, digitally, it, you know, it's still good. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Cause it, and admittedly, like, I'm, I'm, I have a second screen up, so I'm, I'm just looking up scenes from these movies as we speak, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, to me, it's just, like, I have to, like, remind myself visually, and, and how, yeah. you know, how these look, and it's just, yeah, it, it, I, I forget, like, how interesting these are, like, and it's funny, because, like, I'm looking at a scene where it's, like, Sam Neill comes across uh, three raptors, <laughs> you know, it's, like, Man, like I, I'd love to watch these. I'd love to watch the original and then go back again, go back and watch the the new ones, you know, which I, I will anyway, but right, you know, just to just to kind of 
get the uh, the the reminder, you know, going into the third one and into this new new third one, if you will, sixth one. And I really, I really hope they follow through on their promise of a more equal balance between practical and CGI. Um, at least like forty percent practical, sixty percent CG. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I feel like the Jurassic World movies have a bit more action. Yeah. Than the Jurassic Park trilogy. Yeah. So you're you're gonna need CG to pull off what they want to pull off. Yeah. Practical won't work. Like, there's a giant pteranodon attacking a helicopter in one okay. of the trailers for Dominion. You can't do that practically without, you know. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do it free. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, they they didn't do that. They didn't do that, that whole pteranodon scene practically in three. Right. Because you so can't. You can't. And then and that's okay. You know, it, to right. me, it's okay. But the close-ups of the dinosaurs, the feet, the, you know. Right. The, you know, taking it back to its roots and making the first one. You know, that's all you're asking for. Exactly. That's the best you can ask for is, is, is how many dinosaurs can we make? And, and especially it's, it's now, and somebody would have to fact check me on this one. To me, it almost seems like it's actually cheaper now to build animatronics than it was back in the, in the nineties, because now it's, it's it, animatronics are such a dime a dozen and, and programming is so easy and can be done fairly cheap that I'd say that it was, you know, that, that we could actually, now you're able to actually make these kind of these bigger things, you know? Right. And so um, having a full-size T-Rex is, is going to be less expensive and, and, you know, a little bit easier to handle than it was back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And I think at least the filmmakers behind Jurassic World, I think they realized that because they made a full-size of the uh, Giganatosaurus. Yeah. And I know they made more... Now, I don't know exactly what how much more they made because I'm trying not to read too much so yeah. I don't go in with too high of expectations. I, I think Colin Trevorrow is pushing for more practical because in the first Jurassic World movie, there's really only one scene with a practical dinosaur. It's pretty much all CG. Yeah. And then in Fallen Kingdom, there's a lot more practical dinosaurs. Okay. So they made a conscious decision to do that. Uh, Colin Trevorrow didn't direct Fallen Kingdom, but he wrote it and he produced it. Right. So he, I know he was a part of that decision making. And I think they went even more towards the practical side in this one from what I'm hearing and reading. Yeah, and I'm perfectly okay with that. Oh, me too. I, I encourage it, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I'm watching like gifs of this because I'm looking up the Giganatosaur, mm -hmm. you know, just to just to familiarize myself with it. And I'm watching a gif. What always cracks me up about these movies after the first one was how can we make the the T Rex was so scary in the first one? How can we beat it? <laughs> <laughs> Every time they're like, you know, because I'm watching this one, it's the fight between you know the the Gigo and the uh, the T Rex. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it was the same thing with the Spinosaurus. It was the <laughs> right. It's like, come on, guys. Like, when will they learn? We don't want anything to beat the T Rex. Right, right. 
I thought they learned that from Jurassic Park three and applied that lesson well in Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. Like toy yeah. it with us a little bit, but then have Rexy, you know, kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd love to pick your brain on. Do it. Did you ever hear the lost plot of the original Jurassic Park four? I'm pretty sure I have. Um, and if I'm thinking of the same thing you are, I'm thinking it had to do with human dinosaur hybrids. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of used that in uh, Universal Halloween Horror Night. Did they? Like they did. Um, they held Horror Nights in Islands of Adventure for a year. Okay. And made the different islands, different scare zones. And I don't know off the top of my head what they were. I think like the Lost Continent had like Hades or something taking over and killing the other gods. I know Marvel Superhero Island had the villains walking around. And then they had like the decimated corpses of different Marvel superheroes. Yeah. Like they had Spider-Man's costume and some bones laid out somewhere, <laughs> huh. stuff like that. But in the Jurassic Park Island, they had like blood splatter throughout the island and having uh, scare actors dressed up as dinosaur human hybrids <laughs> yeah, walking around scaring the guests. In case if you're listening, you don't know what that is for a couple like over 20 years now, maybe 30 I don't know, but Universal Studios has held what they call their Halloween Horror Nights, and they have essentially haunted houses and scare zones with Universal's movie quality sets and costumes, and it looks like so much fun, and I want it. That's on my bucket list is to go to one of those one year. Hopefully one year when they have an alien or, or, or a predator house, that would be perfect. That would be a great one. I know they did an alien versus predator house one year, and I, I want to go when they bring it back or at least what uh, half of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking up old concept art real quick of that, uh, <laughs> of that fourth movie. And it's wild. It, yeah, yeah, to say the least. Who is it, Dr. Shivago? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. No, I think I think it would jump the shark. I mean, it, it you know, I'm looking at it and and it would have it would have very much uh, would have very much jumped the shark. At least at that point. Yes. I think I don't think they'll do it, and I'm I'm very much okay if they don't. But this is a movie to do that. I would have, I would have, I would have loved to have read the script though. Just to, just to read the script. Cause, cause you know, it's out there, you know, it oh, yeah. somewhere. it exists. Yeah. I can't believe I can, I will not believe that it all got destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. There's yeah. guy just lighting things on fire right. as fast as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I ever came no, no, across, no, no. <laughs> if I ever came across it, I would have copied and like, I would make a copy and I would like keep it in my safe of safes, and I would guard it with my life. 
Yeah, these are movies that never got made, but are yeah. really fascinating concepts. Just as right. mortals in there, like. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, the He-Man, one of the He-Man con, you know, movies is in there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if I were to bring in dinosaur-human hybrids to the Jurassic Park franchise, I think Jurassic World laid the foundation. With the Indominus Rex. Well, I if, think they, I think they, I think they took it, right? And I don't mean to cut right. you off. No, you're good. Um, I think they took that concept. You know, they, they again the whole the whole premise of the original movie was, you know, why are you trying to play God? Don't ever try to play God, right? And so, right. You, so what you get is you get this. Um, what is it? You get you know you get that concept. But it asks the question, what if, what if one, you know, it goes back to my, my statement from before, what if Hammond's work worked? And what if we play God? You right. know, what if, what if, you know, and, and it asked it perfectly. I think it, I think it took the elements of four. What if we played God with DNA and, and, but, but kept it to the dinosaurs. You don't do human hybrids because, because it, you know, it keeps the dinosaurs as the, the, the antagonists. You know, you don't bring right. the human, you, you know, but, but then there is this shadow organization that is kind of interesting, which, which yeah. again was in, was, was laid out in the first movie. They bought the, you could tell they read the books and they read the first movie. All of it's there, you know, right. the, the evil, the organization that's trying to get its hands on Hammond's work, you know, is, is there. Cause I care that Dotson is here. Remind me Dotson. Oh, that, that was too deep of a cut. That was from the scene where, um, uh, Wayne Knight is getting the barbasol right. can. Yeah. It was Dotson, right. Dotson. We got Dotson here. That's right. See? That's right. Nobody cares. I cares. I care. I, I cares. Care. I know what that fucker's up to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You you drop it on me. You know, and I and I quote movies. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, one of the proudest moments of my life happened a few weeks ago. Yeah. I was out. I was at a bar with one of my buddies and we're we're hanging out and I have some other friends kind of just coming in naturally. I had no clue. And it was just my buddy and I sort of like, hey, you guys can sit with us. We'll bring a couple tables together and, you know, hang out, whatever. So yeah. it's like, OK, wasn't planning. I hanging out with a bunch of people, but here we are. And it was really cool. And um, they had friends I've never met before. And somehow are are the other some some way or another we were hanging out i was like three beers deep at this point <laughs> it gets it gets brought up that i'm the jurassic park guy yeah and i'm sure you're the same in your friend circles you're the jurassic park you're the godzilla guy i'm the, I'm the movie geek yeah yeah i forget exactly what they were doing but from across the table, they go, hey, Austin, you know Jurassic Park really well. What's the line the guy says uh, when he's doing the barbecue barb- on it really loudly because I'm three beers deep? I go, Dotson, Dotson, we got Dotson here. And then I look at them and, go, and then the next line is, see, nobody cares. And, and the one guy I knew said to, to the guy I didn't know, he goes, I told you he knows this line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I do. I'm glad you want to bet off me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. I'm I'm notorious for being the guy that you know. I I quote just ran. I mean, I pull them 
out of my tail. You know, it's it's yeah. amazing it, it, to people. You know, and the, the least recent example was uh, my buddy and I are watching, uh, or my buddy went and watched Clue for the first time. Oh, nice! And immediately he tells me, and I and I'm just like, I'm I'm running the movie in my head because I've seen it so many times. I'm running the movie and just starting quoting after quotes after quotes after quotes. <laughs> So yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's, it's a, it's a, it, it, you know, I, I keep, I keep it where math and general life skills should be in my brain. I keep just, <laughs> you know, random dumb facts about movies. I'm 100% the same way. And like half of that, half of the storage I have for movie quotes is just Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to pivot for a yeah. bit. You are a graphic designer. <laughs> Some would <cry>. yes. <laughs> Some would say yes. <laughs> Jurassic Park has one of the most iconic logos. Yes. And it's a logo you know quite well because if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen the Jurassic June logo made by the one and only Alec Gibson. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? They <laughs> can't see me wave. Hi, how you doing? I guess what I want to get into is what do you think, as someone who's had to deconstruct it for yours truly, what do you think makes a logo like that so iconic? I can get into the history of it a little bit because the because the graphic, the original graphic designer was actually he's a, he's a huge inspiration of mine. Um, mm-hmm. A guy named Chip Kid, who he's a book designer, um, uh, book cover, uh, he, he does book covers for a living. Um, and then, and then has done freelance outside of that, but he, he primarily lives in the world of book and typography and, and, and all that. It, it was funny because he got the logo, he got the T-Rex from, uh, the, the New York, uh, natural history museum, the, the little pamphlet. He actually like traced the T-Rex out of that, out of that, uh, that book, you know, out of the T-Rex skeleton that was in that little pamphlet and then kept going with it, you know, kept making it into a silhouette. And I think it, it then becomes the book cover. Uh, and I'm telling the, the long and the short of it, you know, from, from everything that I've read and everything that, that I, every Ted talk that I've read of his, he's famous for saying that on my tombstone, the first thing it'll say, it's the creator of Jurassic Park logo. Michael Crichton loves it. And I sent you over, I sent you over that Ted talk. Um, I think it would be, a, I think it would be a fun, if, if it would be something you would be interested in, uh, including a link in the description of the, of this episode to that Ted talk, because sure. it, that, that whole long one, because, because Chip Kid's fascinating in, in general, his, the way he thinks is, is the best way I can describe how an artist and how a how a grad especially a graphic artist but just an artist in general thinks digressing a little bit anyway he gets his he gets a fax the story goes he gets a fax from um michael Crichton. fucking love the cover and then and then uh, uh uh the book comes out it's a huge success universal then calls them and says we'd like to buy the rights to that that icon that graphic um just in case we want to make something they buy it it becomes the logo. Now, I think what what's why it stands the test of time is it was in that generation of poster movie posters where the movie poster 
was just the logo. It didn't say anything about the movie. It didn't show any of the characters. It just was. Think about it. Ghostbusters, Jaws, showed the shark, but it didn't show the shark. It was artwork. Uh, uh, Jurassic Park, Batman. You know, Batman was the the eighty nine Batman was literally just the logo was the, was the, the bat signal. Um, ghost, but you know, I say Ghostbusters, but but my point is, it 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 didn't say anything about the movie, and yet you got excited because it was just a cool logo. It's the T Rex skeleton, and it's it's ominous. You don't know what it is. And it's the same thing with the book, it, you know, yeah. like a, a good poster design. I, you know, when, when I was making Best Day Ever, I approached it the same way. How do I, how do I explain this movie without explaining this movie, without, without giving anything away? You know, how do I, right. how do I draw the person in? And so, and so I was, in, was influenced by a lot of the, like the Fright Night poster, the, um, uh, some of those like early horror movies but I was also inspired by the fact that like, you know, with Chip Kid, all he had to do was throw a T-Rex skeleton, some text and Michael Crichton's name. And that's all you get. Yeah. <laughs> but what works about it, what's, what's so cool about it is it's about, it's about dinosaur DNA. And so when you get down right down to it, you know, the bones of a dinosaur are the, you know, the closest thing DNA that we have. And so, so it makes sense, right? It's, it's, kind of, it's that symbolic, yeah you know, that symbolic, you know, gesture that you have with it. So it, t- it tells you everything, you know, it, it tells you about the plot if you've seen the movie. But until you've seen the movie, you don't realize that. You don't get that at all. All you know is dinosaur. All you know is dinosaur. But it's just a cool looking logo. I want I, right. I, I, I to know more about that. You're telling yeah. me that, what is Jurassic Park? You know, it's it's an easily recognizable logo it's on t-shirt now it's the same thing with again with the ghostbusters with the with the bat signal it's 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 one of those logos that you can throw on anything and people will immediately even just the dinosaur everyone will recognize right and it's you don't get too many logos like that anymore and because i'm trying to think of other like star trek i think most people know that logo that one counts yeah yep I would say any of the superhero, um, any of the any of the event, you know, the Avengers is one of them. Yeah, because everyone knows that A. But like remember, they see that but, A, they know it's it doesn't stand for Austin. <laughs> yes, but remember, like remember the very first teaser poster for the original Avengers movie. It was just the A. Just the A. They took that approach, and remember, and now all of a sudden it's the synonymous. Everyone knows it, you know. And they um, kept that teaser poster for each. Yeah, of the Avengers films with slight variations because Age of Ultron it was EA, but done robotically. Yeah. Uh, Infinity War was EA, but it was in like this purple style. And then Endgame, I have Endgame in my room. It's the purple, but like turning to dust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's and and so what you get is apply that to the Jurassic Park look, right? It's. It's iconic. It's mysterious. You want to know what, what more about it. It helps that it's, you know, and, and what I love is that they kind of kept the motif across every movie. They, they always kept that dinosaur skeleton. Because they have slight variations. Slight variations. But it's always the same because uh, if I remember correctly, Lost World is the same logo, but kind of like jungly. 
it's the t-rex um, yeah it's t-rex it's a little bit more uh nitty-gritty it, yeah it's like cracked and weathered jurassic park 3 they, they shined a silver coat on it and then put the spinosaurus skeleton with a three slash although yep. they're rebranding it with the t-rex i've seen jurassic park 3 logo with the t-rex really in huh. recent like um because they're going to re-release the Jurassic Park movies on 4K individually for this new movie. And I saw what they were doing for three. And I'm like, T-Rex is my favorite, but don't disrespect the spinal like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, right, I'll right. have to send you a picture. Jurassic World, they just make chrome with some like shadows, I think is the right the right way to say that. Yeah, it was just, it was just more of a, uh, they took the same approach that they did with uh, Lost World. Or not Lost World, uh, uh, Jurassic Park Three. It just it's a little bit more, right. more stone. Um, that that's what I that's what I was looking for. Yeah, um, but it's just, it's the Jurassic Park logo, but stone. Same thing with Jurassic World Dominion, but Jurassic. What's what's funny is Jurassic World Dominion takes the same route that Lost World did. So they're they're looking at it and they're they're seeing the precedent for it. Fallen yeah. Kingdom does the same thing. Fallen Kingdom does the same thing. It's still stone. It's a little bit more cracked. But it has like the lava highlights. Yeah, it's a little bit more cracked. And then... um, if you look up Jurassic Park 3 4K, okay. you'll see what I mean with the T-Rex. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Which is a shame because because it really uh, you know, they kept the they kept the uh pteranodons in there as well. You know, they they, they just they kept the logo right. exactly the way it is. Oh, that's a shame. And like and it doesn't make sense because the T-Rex isn't is hardly in that movie. It's the Spinosaurus's movie. It's the Spinosaurus's movie, but they I'm looking at the floor kit. You can tell where they uh, they swapped it out. You can tell you can tell where they cut it out and, uh, and put it in there. And I think I think they're doing that only because they're trying to brand it to all of the all six movies now have T-Rex. I guess I get it. But still, I get it. I know. <laughs> I get it and I don't, you know, I get it, but don't change a thing, you know, like, like for me, it's, I, I'm, I'm a purist though. It's, I get I, it. <laughs> I understand. I understand rebrands need to happen and you need to keep everything, but like, cause it, cause it's literally the only logo that doesn't have the, have the, uh, the T-Rex. So I get it. Cause Jurassic world dominion, it's variation is it kind of has like the Amber. That's cool to me. Yeah. What I th- what I thought was fun about that amber one that the Jurassic uh, I'm looking up the Jurassic World Dominion um, poster. What what I like mm-hmm. about that one that poster in particular is it really goes back to the book's roots. It goes back to the Chip Kid root, and I and I just just the dinosaur, and I love that. I you know again I anytime I can, anytime you can throw some love towards. Uh, Excuse me. Any any time, <laughs> throw some love towards uh, you know Chip Kid and the original, you know, the original graphic designer. I, you know, I love it. So, speaking of design, this isn't necessarily graphic design, but I'm still interested in your thoughts. Yeah. What is your favorite dinosaur design in the Jurassic Park franchise? That's not the T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got to be the Spino, just because I think it's it's creepy looking it's it's badass for sure you know it's it's I, one of yeah those. i get it i think i would have to go with the lost world 
uh, velociraptors. Okay. Especially the males with their kind of like tiger stripes. Yeah. I love that. I love those raptors. Yeah. Well, the way the way they did blue even was like was was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 give the what's what's fascinating about those is they give they give the dinosaurs you know personality uh, you know they they treat them like actual animals in nature which as they should you know they are but yeah you know what i mean like they they treat them as they give them each a distinct look and a personality and i really i really appreciate that yeah especially for blue because blue is a legit character it's yeah blue she's a character and she's a she's a a hero so of course she's going yeah. to you know of course she's going to be distinct and um i rewatched jurassic the first jurassic world the other day like yeah. um charlie delta and echo they don't get as much screen time but they have their own distinct personalities in the little screen time that they do get i think delta gets the right. second most and i think delta's the one that kills uh vincent d'onofrio's character and i think charlie is the one that gets fucking bazooka <laughs> again world was good i i need to see i need to see uh fallen kingdom now's as good as time as any <laughs> right right yeah now that the now that the the, the saga is gonna end which but. i have feelings about but movie hasn't come out yet i i'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt I don't it's at least going to be fun if they touch a hair on any of the original characters heads i'm done i I give up that's i don't want them killing off any one of the original characters here here is what i think is going to happen yeah i think they're going to kill off rexy well, yes. Well, they, they kill off a Rex. They, they kill off a T-Rex every movie, you know, at some point, right? Not really. They only did in Jurassic Park 3, and that killed the franchise for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jurassic World, they make you think they're going to kill off Rexy. Oh, yeah. And then Blue comes and saves the day. That's right. And it's epic. Yeah. And then... um when you watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, you'll be happy to know that Rexy is kind of just a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She shows up here and there being a boss ass bitch, sure. doing what she wants when she wants. She's not necessarily important to the plot. She's just that amazing wild card. <laughs> yeah, it's the obligatory. We've got to throw the logo in there. <laughs> We've got to throw the T-Rex. And her role in Fallen Kingdom's almost similar to her role in the first movie but in the first movie she actively sets a plot in motion and then kind of falls into the chaotic neutral pops up wherever she wants um but in fallen kingdom the plot's happening and she has her own plot line going on that sometimes interacts with the main plot and i love that chaotic i love her chaotic nature of that yeah because she is not she is not a main character in fallen kingdom nor should she be i think the movie utilizes her well and she has like the best scenes in that movie at least in my opinion okay in fallen kingdom 
but Fallen Kingdom is more of Blue's story, just like Jurassic World was. The difference yeah. between Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is in Jurassic World, Blue is like, not Blue, uh, Rexy is like the ultimate cameo to s- save the day and then right. end the movie. Right. Whereas she pops up throughout Fallen Kingdom beginning to end. Okay. We want T-Rex. <laughs> exactly. And it, but in this movie, I, I'm just getting the vibes that they're going to have the Giganatosaurus to kill off Rexy. Be like, this is the big bad now. And I'm just like, do we not learn from our past failures? Well, I as think, someone who likes Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> yeah. But there is a part of me that I think, um, you know, if they kill off Rex, you know, if they kill off the Rex that that is helping the human characters, I'd be fine with that. You know, it's kind of like a last ditch. Like, I mean, because again, it's the it's it's going to be the last movie, right? I mean, you know, at least for now. Right. But it's the last movie. It's, it's, the, it's the movie that, that, you can kind of get away with killing off. If you're going to kill off something, kill off the T-Rex, you know, because it's just because killing right. off the franchise. <laughs> yes, but it's the last movie, right? You're going to kill off the T-Rex, you know, and, and again, it, life finds a way, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that who, who's to say there isn't another T-Rex out there. Well, if they do a Godzilla versus Destroya, where it's like, there there's a baby rexy at at least yeah another baby rexy i should say lost world did it first yeah maybe we can talk or if they go the logan route yeah if it makes me if it makes me shed every like tear in my body (laughs) that my body could possibly produce yeah and i have this emotional but cathartic reaction to it like logan like yeah. I did for Logan, then maybe I'll be okay with it. But if they do it because it's a last movie and we need stakes, I'm going to be pissed off. Because to me, that's cheap. We need stakes. But yes, no, I, get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, it's, it's, you need, st- you do need stakes, but I don't want them to touch a hair on the heads of Samuel. Laura Dern or Jeff Goldblum. I don't want them to because because again, no, I agree. You know, you know, you don't you don't bring them back in for them to just be killed. You know, like Harrison Ford style, you know, be killed off. Right. If you do that, you have to do it really well. Yes, and, and that's that, hard that, to do because I get yeah because I get weary of it's the only way. You know, I get weary of that. But right. And like in Force Awakens, to their credit, they did it very well. They didn't do it for the shock value. They did it because they felt it was a natural end to the Han Solo character. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alerts for a seven-year-old movie that became like the biggest movie of all time at a certain point um, that mathematically most people have seen at least twice. Um, (laughs) not only does it seem like a fitting end for the Han Solo character, which Harrison Ford wanted to do since like the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I think a lot of people are going to, um, they're going to be thinking, well, the movie needs to have stakes. It does. And I don't disagree. And do that with, you do that with 
you know, Chris Pratt. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't think stakes mean your characters have to die. Yeah. There are other ways to do state, like raise the stakes. Yeah. Without putting the entire world at jeopardy or killing off fan favorites. Right. If the story they wrote has a natural need for any of those characters to die. Yeah. Like they did the Han Solo character. Yeah. I don't know why I keep saying the Han Solo character. It's Han Solo. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, um, that Han Solo guy. What's his name? Harrison Ford? I have mean, you seen Scream? No, but I but I know what happens. So you can talk about you can talk about Scream. I just want to make sure before yeah. I go into like we're going into spoiler territory. So folks, uh, you know, turn away now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even though Ghostface has been the subject of plenty, <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast with Scream, you always got to put slap that spoiler alert tag because, you know, like half the fun of Scream is the, myst- the murder mystery. Right. right. So if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil that for you. It's not I- like. It's not like you can spoil the new Texas Chainsaw movie. What happened? Oh, Leatherface kills a bunch of people. S- yeah. Spoiler alert. Like, what? you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but but in Scream, there's actual elements to be spoiled. Right. Now, I you will know? say, I don't know. I don't know who done it. I don't know I, who done it. I'll, I'll be careful. The newest Scream. <laughs> I, I will say for the sake of the podcast feel free to say it. I don't, you know, I, I, it doesn't bother me. Like spoilers don't necessarily bother me. Um, Mm -hmm. in many cases, there are some cases where I, I want to go in blind. If, even if I see it and I know what happens, you know, for me, it's, it's more fun to catch it along. You know, I, 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 knowing who it is, I want to be able to, you know, I'll be able to kind of watch it the first time catching it, you know, so feel free to. Well, I actually don't need to say who, 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 who did it because they actually don't factor into my point. <laughs> Got it. Fair enough. Well, Scream brings in the old guard. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know what happens. Yeah. They kill off Dewey. And in the movie logic, it makes sense. Yeah. Because killing off Dewey is the only way to bring back Sydney. I did watch, listen to a, um article or I read an article, finish your point, And then I'll, and I'll tell you about this article. I think it's interesting how Scream does it because they kill off Dewey. Right. It's like, why, why do you bring back your iconic killer um, characters just to kill them off? But they gave Dewey the Han Solo treatment where you let the actor give the best performance of that character. You see them at like kind of their lows, bring them back to their highs. And then they get, um, a redemption moment that's kind of bittersweet because yeah. it's like oh they're back back but at the same time it's like oh they dead dead <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard to pull off for me scream pulled it off it makes sense within the story and it makes sense on the meta um level where the new scream is all about the requel trend so jurassic world mm-hmm. um star wars saw halloween halloween being a big one yeah they say the point in the movie because you can't have a scream movie without on the nose meta commentary one of the killers says we had to kill off dewey because our movie has fucking stakes yeah and by doing that 
by doing that, Scream can have its cake and eat it too. Yeah. Because it knows what it's doing and it plays out the tropes while commentating on it. And that's what Scream is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can tell that that movie was made by fans, you know, of the original. And then, but they also had the blessing of the original creators. You know, and I, mean, I don't Halloween. I, I think that whole like yeah. that whole Bloomhouse production house, they're they're mm. killing it with horror. They're killing it with that that yeah. the modern horror. You know, because they because you can tell these are people that know horror, love horror, and actively want to get in touch with the people that made horror the way it is today. Us as fans, like we could dislike or not agree with some of the directions that scream or um halloween or the upcoming jurassic world make Hmm. like if they kill off rexy i will be pissed (laughs) yeah but it's okay if we dislike it you know yeah but at the end of the day the people making these films they're pretty much as big as fans if we are if not bigger yeah, well, and again, you, you know, hearing hearing Jeff Goldblum talk about the writer and, and mm-hmm. Colin, um, Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow, thank you. You know, hearing him talk about it, he goes, you know, he really had a he really had a three story arc when he set out to make Jurassic World. He really wanted to make sure that you know he had this kind of world in his head, and he wanted to you know, he really made sure that it was, it was, it was done properly. You could tell that he was a fan. You could tell that he was, you know, you could tell that he has a love for these characters. And so I, I, I'm glad to see that, you know, it's the same thing with the scream. It's, you know, the fast, the the funny part of it with, with going, going to scream again, the studio wanted to keep doing and the studio, the way the studio had it was the studio made them film a scene where Dewey wakes up in the hospital and the, the director and the writer obliged with no right. intention of ever putting it in the movie. They knew what it, they knew what they were doing. You know, they knew what they needed to do. They needed they needed to have the stakes. And to me, that's where it's like my fear with killing off the characters is going to you know what what i'm what i'm afraid of is there's no stakes behind it but i like to believe that you don't get laura dern sam neill and jeff goldblum all returning if they didn't believe in it as well right especially laura dern and sam neill i would say right because jeff goldblum you know he made the appearance but but i don't think i don't think you you get you know sam neill doesn't come out for a jurassic park movie you know, just, just because, you know. Right. Sam Neill's perfectly content doing whatever he wants. Yeah. He, he has, uh, he has, I'm sure he gets residual checks from the first Jurassic Park movie <laughs> that keeps him. Yeah. That keeps him um, happy and comfortable. The only reason he, um, I don't know if you're a big Marvel fan, but he cameos in Thor Ragnarok. He does, doesn't he? And the only reason he does that is because he has a good relationship with Taika Waititi from yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. And that's, you know, a, a day, dress up in a funny costume for a day, hang out with 
buddies, uh, right. meet Anthony Hopkins. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Why not? Although, missed opportunity in that movie. You have Sam Neill, you have Jeff Goldblum, and they don't cross paths. No, they didn't, did they? You're right. <laughs> oh, that is a shame. But <laughs> they're going to share screen time in, in the actual Jurassic Park reunion. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. The one that counts. But yeah, <laughs> the one that counts, exactly. Yeah. I just believe you don't get all three of them unless they felt it did their characters justice and held up Jurassic Park, you know, because that's a commitment. They're not doing one day cameos. No, they're committing. They're committing to their actual. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe Jurassic World Dominion was like one of the first films to get back into production post or not post, but like during COVID. That and Batman. There was a couple. There was a there was a there was quite a handful of them. Yeah. So to we're make only that just commitment, now, we're only just now seeing those movies, though, that's the thing. Right. But like, they, I'm pretty sure they started filming that Jurassic World Dominion pre-vaccine. Mm, so okay. every actor, like, it's not just committing to a high stakes, high pressure film. It's one with like all the COVID precautions. Right. Right. <laughs> and like quarantining for two weeks before and after. Like, it's not just a shoot you have to do, but the quarantine as well. So I don't believe those three would want to go through all that trouble right? for something they didn't believe in. Right. And um, I have disagreements on some of the story choices with the Jurassic World franchise. But at the end of the day, like, Colin Trevorrow got Steven, like, Steven Spielberg's approval. Yeah, I got the blessing. Yeah. And Spielberg's been involved, you know. He's letting Colin Trevorrow kind of do his own thing, but like Spielberg will say his thoughts and pop in ideas here and there. So it's like, if it's okay by Spielberg, it's okay by me. Right. <laughs> right. I, I like to think they're not going to kill off any of those OGs, including Rexy. Yeah, I'd like to hope. I mean, you know, again, I'm 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 weary, but I'm 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 hopeful. So because Jurassic Park hasn't killed off a true hero character. They haven't had that. I I don't think they have. The closest they've come William H. Macy is killing off or Vince Vaughn. No, William H. Vince Vaughn survived. William H. Macy survived. The closest they came was um, the Eddie dude from Lost World. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's the character. Armaldu. That's the character I want to see come back is uh, is uh, Vince Vaughn. I want to see his cameo in uh, in Dominion. <laughs> Honestly, him. I want to see William H Macy. I yeah. want the um. I want the f- fucking sprint phone. That do 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 do. Oh my god! Yeah. I want that ringtone to make a comeback. Yeah, but um I mean BD Wong's in the movie. Well, yeah. Yeah. But again, he he's was been in, in all three Jurassic Worlds. Yeah. But he was also the nefarious, you know, the shadow character in the right? Yeah. He was the shadow character and all in, in kind of for the shadow and uh, uh organization. Well, in the first movie, I don't think he's really a sh- I think he's just a sh- 
chief geneticist yeah, in the I'm first pretty, movie. I'm pretty sure that it, no, I, it, I'll, I'll take your word for it, but I'm, I, I thought that that movie ended with, with, uh, Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Jurassic park. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I, I'm thinking Jurassic world and, and that, and I, I, I pretty damn sure he, that ended with him, you know, stealing things. No, you're right. You're right. Jurassic World, he's shady, but Jurassic Park, I still think he, he I think he's still a bright eyed doing it to progress. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. It, it's not until Jurassic World where he starts doing it for money. The envelope of cash. Yeah, yeah. Right. That BD Wong character, I I think that's one of the big strengths of the Jurassic World new trilogy is letting bd wong act because he's really good (laughs) yeah he um but but i think what's what's interesting it was he's an he's an interest to him him himself like the character himself is an interesting way to tie the two franchises together it's 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 an out of left field but yeah makes sense you know way and i'm glad to tie the two together and I'm glad they do. I'm I'm kind of hoping for cameos from Lex and Tim. Yeah, that would make my heart happy. Yeah. yeah. Um. If they if they kill off well, BD Wong, I, I expect that. I expect them to kill off BD Wong because at that point the character deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, it'd be cool if there was like a little bit of redemption, if Possibly. he does. Possibly. If they, if he gets what's coming, that's cool too. But um, want to see him go. There's the a lot of uh, the, the porter potty. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are there are multiple right ways to approach his character. I think. Yes. Yeah. Hell, if he gets what's coming to him from Rexy, that might that might help me swallow a hard pill. Should they choose to kill off Rexy, if she can take BD Wong with her. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I love B.D. Wong in these films because, um, like I said, B.D. Wong's great. And yeah. it's nice to see that character who's very important in the book yeah. and kind of is underwritten have you, have you in the, the movie. Yeah. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Now, is it something that would you say that you do you like the book or the movie better? Or, or are they It's hard to compare. Well, books and movies are such different mediums that it's hard to compare them right and a lot i know a lot of people are like well the book's better than the movie it's like well yeah because usually you read the book first (laughs) yeah and the adventure the book takes you in your mind will always be better because when you read a book it's it's active your imagination takes part of it and when you watch a movie that's someone else's imagination. So from that point of view, books will always be better. Okay. But it's surprising how faithful the movie is to the book. Really? Yes. Okay. Not, but, I've, I've never read the book. So, I'm, so that's why I'm kind of like, I'm kind of turning the, the you know, putting you in the hot yeah. seat. I'm kind of curious. Oh, no, I, I, I'll gladly talk about the book. It's one of my favorite books. What makes them very different from each other is tone. Okay. 
and the fact that there are sequences in the book that just have to be cut due to budget, lack yeah. of technology at the time. It needs to be a two-hour movie. Characters get consolidated. Characters have yeah. lesser roles. Yeah. But Jurassic, but Jurassic Park of the movie is kind of like the leanest version of that book. Got it. The, the main difference differences is in tone. Okay. And that has to do with changing the John Hammond character. Okay. In the book, John Hammond is a very dark, cynical Walt Disney type, like the sinister version of Walt Disney. And in the movie, there's a sense of an old man that really wanted to make the world smile. He's a grandfather character. He's a, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Played really who, who lost Richard Attenborough. In the book, he's all about the money. In the movie, right. it's it's a more of a grand showman yes. who loses yeah, sight. P.T. Barnum more than, yes, yeah. And I think by changing that character in that way, the tone from the film to the book is drastically different. Uh, the book is deals a lot more into the science jargon and not okay. just like the genetic stuff, but like the chaos theory. Got it. Really goes into detail with that. And the book's gory. <laughs> Is it? Oh, interesting. You're making yeah. me want to read the book now because I, because. You should read the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I am a big uh, proponent for the book. Like yeah. I wish a, I'll tell everyone to read the book. That being said, if I had to pick one, I will always pick the movie. Yeah. Well, I think we're visual people. Right. So, yeah. And and I was not reading the book at three years old, so I don't have the same nostalgia for the book. Right. Right. The book didn't make me want to write novels. The movie made me want to make movies. (laughs) You saw? Right. I I think I saw Lost World at four. (laughs) Because I was well, I saw Jurassic Park at three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I, was, I told I, you I this story. Yeah, but yeah, I think the book is fantastic. And what's great about the book is when whenever I read it or I listen to it on audiobook, I see something drastically different in my mind from the movie. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, and I think it would work great as like an HBO style miniseries. Kind of like what they're doing with Westworld. Oh, yeah. Exactly what they're doing with Westworld, to be honest. Yeah. Also a Michael Crichton book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Um, And I think that would be a good um, in-between project to keep the Jurassic Park brand going. Yeah. Try and win some Emmys while yeah. you're figuring out how to... Because at this point, I don't think you can remake Jurassic Park. I don't think you can reboot it. Nor, nor should they. I think. I nor think, should they. Exactly. Yeah. I think what they did with World was the closest thing that, even though it's a little confusing again, because it because it's, and they've since kind of gone back and explained it, but it was kind of a what if story with World. Right. And they've since kind of tied it into the originals. That I'm kind of like, okay, I can work with, you know, we can, we can work with this. But if you watch that first movie, it's like, it's a little like, 
okay, what are we doing here? Are we, we're not rebooting, we're not, but we're asking the question, it all existed, you know? And when Jurassic World came out, the idea of the reek wool was pretty new. In a way, yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't, I can't think of one that came out before Casino Jurassic, Royale. I think Jurassic, but Casino Royale. It was a requel. They completely rebooted. Bond, it, they completely rebooted. But the character, the, the the character of James Bond had existed. And you bring back the same, like a lot of the same people from the uh, Pierce Brosnan days. Yes. Yeah. M- mostly, I'm I'm just thinking of Judy Dench. Which yeah. They yeah. They never explain. But James Bond's always been weird. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. But it was the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. Jurassic Park operates as a sequel. Yeah. Which I don't think Casino Royale does. No, it acts as a prequel. It, it acts as his first mission. But what's interesting. It's so that, weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. I'm also a big James Bond fan, so we can, you know, we can go to that. For sure. Uh, but like Jurassic World came out before Halloween. It came out yeah. before, obviously, Scream. Then yep. uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Jurassic, um, Jurassic Park, the book or the, the not the book, but the. Oh, I, I oh, was saying Jurassic I'm World. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God. Because um, World and Force Awakens came out in the same year. But World yeah. came out a few months before. Yes, but Star um, got her, like like the 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 Star Wars trilogy, this the the sequel trilogy was just that it was a sequel sequel trilogy. It wasn't rebooting anything. It was just it was just continuing the story. I think the reason, well, technically Jurassic World's continuing the story, and so is yeah. Halloween and Scream. Yeah, but at the same time, each of these franchises have been gone for sure. ten years. Uh, got it yeah got it got it got it um so that's why i'm stealing the term from scream requel where it's kind of a reboot kind of a sequel yeah because jurassic world and star wars the force awakens and scream and halloween they all kind of follow the same plot as the original movies right but mixing in new characters with uh, legacy characters right with in Jurassic World's case, the only legacy characters are um, are B.D. Wong's Dr. Henry Rue, yep. a brief mention of John Hammond and Rexy. <laughs> yeah. And they and they confirmed that it was the original T-Rex, right? Yes. OK. Yeah. They um, they use the same. Um, I believe they scanned the same like maquette. OK. And then they put in the scars from her fight with the raptors from the original movie right okay you can see the scars on her in jurassic world and in fallen kingdom which i think is a beautiful detail yeah yeah but i'm really struggling to think of a requel a reboot sequel that came out before i know i know there is one yeah but i can't think of it and i'm trying really really hard I, I yeah my my brain is fried right now so I'm kind of like because I'm thinking of like Blade Runner 2047 or 2049 
Yeah. And that came out in 2017. Yeah. Tron would probably be a good one of that. Because Tron, they tried to they tried to reignite the franchise with Tron Legacy 25 after 25 years in, in what 2011, 2010. I think Tron, yeah, I think that would be because it uses like it brings back Jeff Bridges. Yep. Oh, it's all and there. it has new it's a yeah, sequel. So they, they that wanted, would be it. Yeah, they wanted to ignite the whole reignite the whole suit. They had all they had Tron three and then and then Tron two just died. So it would be that, it would be that and Scream 4. Okay. Because I think Scream 4, because Scream 4 kind of borrows elements, plot elements from the original Scream. Yeah. It takes place like 10 years or 11 years after Scream 3. Like, didn't Halloween, didn't H2O do that? Yeah, H2O would count. It's, well, it's, so it's not, it's not. Yeah, H2O concept. would count. No, yeah. I think. It's not a new concept. I think it's a concept that's a trend. Like yeah. how there is the horror remake trend of the 2000s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But. I think the requel trend is the one we're getting now. Um, yeah. And you know, it's a trend when Jurassic Park and Star Wars are doing it. Technically, so, Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a requel. <laughs> we don't talk about but it. But I think... I think what differentiates that one from the ones happening now is it's still Indy. Like Indy is a main character. Yeah. He's not a legacy character. He is the character. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So even with the new Indiana Jones coming out next year, Hmm. about time, it will not be a week or requel because even though they're rebooting it again and he is, it is a sequel. Yeah. It's just a true sequel because it's just following Indiana Jones again. <laughs> yeah. I want to switch gears here. I would be remiss if I didn't mention my my tie to Jurassic Park and the franchise, which is, as I've explained to you off air, my, my cousin did the concept art and did storyboard for... Jurassic Park. And, and I'm now debating if it was the first one or the second one. I haven't confirmed with him. I talked to his sister um, mm-hmm. and she says it was the first one. She says it was storyboard. He actually met Spielberg though um, and actually got like flown to the mansion, the whole thing. Like he tells the story of meeting with Spielberg, actually coming up with, you know, the, the, the T-Rex uh, chase sequence and the whole thing. And then the concept art, which I told you off air, um mm-hmm. that my my his sister has of of the uh you know the valley and the whole thing so yeah it it just it's it's my little tie to to the friend that was kind of why i was so excited when you asked me to talk about the artwork and and the art of Jurassic park because i was like well yeah i've my my cousin uh, uh james oxford is, is his name and that's that's my uh that's my little plug in my little shtick about that because you know <laughs> we're, we're talking jurassic park i gotta you know i gotta i gotta throw that little fun tidbit of information <laughs> uh what's that on the ground i think that's a name you dropped <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've been at it for quite a bit <laughs> yeah yeah as our conversations usually go <laughs> Godzilla um, too. i gotta ask if you were in Jurassic Park and you find yourself 
in the path of Rexy, your favorite dinosaur, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, would you die? Yes, I would. And it's and it's how I want to go out. <laughs> that's that's the fun part of this question. It's, it's not it's not would I you know, it's not would I survive it? It's yes, I would die and how I would go out. And I could tell, I could be here for another 20 minutes just coming up with ideas of how I would go out. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I love that. I, I think I would, if you I'm would. being honest. Okay. And it's like, I know, I know not to move a muscle. Sure. <laughs> but I'm the type of person that gets jump startled really easily. So when yeah. she roars... And it's loud. Yeah. I'm instinctually going to jump. What's that movement? Now she can see me. Now I'm getting eaten. <laughs> see, it's, I think, it's an I eventuality. Think it, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a fun, I think the fun thing would be, you know, it's the, the bait and switch of, you know, I'm not moving for the T-Rex, but the Raptor gets me. <laughs> 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 right you know clever girl <laughs> clever girl but yeah you heard it here first Rexy would get get us we would get got by the queen the queen of jurassic park uh thank you thank you so much for returning thank you for geeking out about jurassic park with me do you have anything to plug uh what's coming up for you you know, you, you asked me this last time. Um, I, I, can actually about, <laughs> I can actually talk about it. I'm working on a, uh, uh, a pilot right now called uh, Brad's Sad Life out here in Baltimore. Um, we're trying to keep it right now. We're, we're trying to keep it kind of as a love letter to, to Maryland and Baltimore. We're trying to keep it as East Coast mm-hmm. as possible. We are in the process of editing kind of the, the teaser that we will then fundraise. We kind of have a multi, multi-step multi thing, um, but it's Brad's sad life. It's kind of a fun concept. I don't really want to spread around right now, but the thing we're going with right now is what if what if the Grim Reaper was just a normal guy? There's that. I'm now updating my website. Um, and so there's some new work on there. Uh, I'm actually in the process of rebranding. So feel free to look up that at, uh, it's alangibsondesign.com. Um, as always, you can check out my work. You can get in contact with me. I, uh, I do freelance work, you know, and, and so, you know, there's, there's always that right now, just, just chipping away at Hopkins work right now, um, at Johns Hopkins. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, joining me again. And yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for the third one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely be in touch about that because I uh, once I see the uh, the the second one. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, that that's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Shout out to my friend Alec Gibson for once again joining me to talk all things Jurassic, and for designing the Jurassic June logo for me. That thing's awesome, and I love it. It's always a blast hanging out and talking with Alec, and I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. As always, you can find the show social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. 
The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. And fun fact, she'll be marking her return to the podcast next week. Stay tuned for that. At the time of this episode's release, I have not seen the new Jurassic World. And while I am cautiously optimistic, you guys know my Rexy concerns. I just can't help but be excited. Dinosaurs. So next week's episode, I will have finally seen it. And I'll probably talk a bit about it. We'll see. I'm still deciding. But yeah, Jurassic World Dominion comes out soon. And I can't wait. Hopefully you've been enjoying Jurassic June, and if so, please rate, share, and subscribe to the show. It really does help the podcast grow, and the bigger the podcast gets, the closer I am to realizing the dream of doing this spooky content full-time. So please consider um, helping out if you can, and either way, I appreciate you guys listening. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Spare no expense.